Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us on the Culture Bus Tools podcast. For those of you who listen regularly, welcome. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, just so you're aware, in each episode, we explore leadership and ministry strategies that help increase our capacity to be effective with others. For the last eight episodes, we've been focusing on the Archippus series, which is a process you and your tribe can implement to help Christ followers recognize the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. We've discussed the difference between mission and ministry. We've tried to provide some clarity and context into what personal ministry looks like. And throughout the entire series, we've been using the book of Colossians to help us think about how we are uniquely positioned to reach and disciple others. So for those of you who are new, you could pause this episode and check out episode 27. This is where we kick the idea off. And in each following episode, we've been focusing on a section of Colossians and have provided a stretch assignment for implementation that you can do on your own or even with a team. So today I'm with my good friend, Chad Merrill. Chad, how you doing today? Chris, I've been tired, but I think I'm coming out of my funk, man. This storm has moved past and I'm ready for the weekend, buddy. And I know that you've been busy and you've had a lot of different things going on. I have too, but man, there's nothing better than jumping in and talking about some of this stuff. Today, our focus is going to be on Colossians chapter four, verses one through six. So if our listeners want to pause this episode and read that, go ahead and do so now. And when you're finished, resume the episode. But Chad, let's just jump into today's topic of conversation. When we think about these verses, there's a theme of being watchful and ready. What does that mean to you? Walk us through some of what you put together through Project 417. First off, this is really where Paul is activating the Colossians. And so he's been talking about who Christ is, what Christ has done for them. He's talked about the gospel. He's talked about living a life worthy of the gospel, what the fruit of that can be, all those kind of things. And now he comes in and he says, pray in a way that is watchful and thankful. And I think what he's really doing is he's keeping, trying to call us to be in the posture of of someone who's ready to do the work that we've been entrusted to do as disciples. And so I look at this man and I start thinking about those two words he uses in the ESV. It says watchful and thankful. If I'm honest, I tend to, um, I tend to pray in a way that uh, um, that's a lot about me. It's a lot about what God can do for me and even what I think God ought to do in general. You know, God, I've got all these ideas for you. Let me pray them to you so you'll do them. That's kind of the posture of our prayers when we start. But what, what Paul's taught them along the way, and he's calling them to this maturity that stems out of knowing who Christ is and what Christ does in us and then what Christ calls us to. He says, so be watchful. And I think what he's really calling us to is to begin praying for what might God do? Uh, what might God do that only God can do? This building an expectancy. And when, when we grow in expectancy for what God can do, and it's only only he could do it, uh, it grows us in dependence as well. So we, I think the posture of our prayer begins to change. To me, it's a picture of what Paul talks about a lot. He talks about what God's already done, but yet what what's not yet accomplished. And so you're already in Christ. You're not yet like Christ, but you will be being called out for a people for God's own design. But ultimately, you'll be with him. You're just not there yet. He's coming back, but he's not here yet. He's already secured it, but it's not done yet. And so he said, hey, don't forget that everything about your salvation points to more coming and more happening, the return of God, the glory of God. And so be watchful. And then in that, like, it really should elicit some thanksgiving in us. We should be thankful, praising him for what he's done, 
living in a, in a thankfulness for grace and mercy. So it's really, Paul's, I think, asking us to pray for what he may do that only he can do mm-hmm. and be thankful for what he's already done that only he could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, what a difference than what we usually bring to prayer. Right, Chris? Yeah. You had shared a story in Project 417 Devotion about a friend who had an opportunity to meet a favorite celebrity person. I thought that was good imagery because when I read that, it made me think differently about being watchful and thankful. Yeah. So I have a friend in uh, in Louisiana where I used to live and he he's the biggest Jimmy Fallon fan I've ever, I've ever met. He loves Jimmy Fallon. And yeah. uh, pretty funny. He He's a guy in Northeast Louisiana. We all knew a bunch of pro athletes. You know, it wasn't uncommon to be around pro athletes. We have a friend, a mutual friend that plays for the Rams. He would bring NFL guys that you've heard of, you've seen around. So it wasn't really all that big of a deal for us to be around famous people. But for some reason, he would just nerd out about meeting Jimmy Fallon. Like if I'm ever in an airport and I see Jimmy Fallon, I know what I would say. Right. And so he just constantly like he it was a thing for him. So not only did he know what he was going to say if he ever met him, like we knew what he would say if he ever met him. Yeah. And then one day they're in the Houston airport and his wife goes, oh my goodness, look, it's Jimmy Fallon. And he thought he thought she was just joking with him, but she wasn't. He was actually in the terminal uh, just down from his gate. There was Jimmy Fallon ordering food. And so he walks over to him, so excited to meet him. He's waited for this moment. And Chris, he totally choked. Mm. He totally, he wouldn't even tell us about it. His wife said, ask, ask him what he said when he met him. And I, so I said, Hey man, what'd you say when you met Jimmy Fallon? And he says, uh, he says, man, I choked. I looked him in the eye and I said, Hey dude, you're, you're Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, <laughs> and so, of course I am. So, yeah, and that's exactly what he said. He said, yeah, I am. Uh, you want to take a picture? And so they took a selfie and Jimmy Fallon kind of left him standing there feeling stupid. You know, he, he was, he was watchful, man, but he just was not ready. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he was, uh, he was expectant that it could happen, but when it did, he, he totally missed it. And, uh, man, what a picture of how we can be left standing in that moment when, when someone we, we, we've, uh, we've been in relationship with or encountered, um, asks us a question or they're curious about a subject in life. Uh, and maybe it's a probing question, a, a testing question to see if they can trust us with their real questions. Yeah. We don't handle those with wisdom. If we're not uh, mm-hmm. watchful and thankful for what only God can do and what he's already done, we'll just miss it. We'll try to answer it in our own power or feel interrupted or what have you and just miss it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think about that in light of the season that we're in right now. I think one of the dangers of social media and of just the access that we have to get information and to put information out is that often we'll miss it when someone's curious. Yeah. And so Paul is saying, Hey, pray watchfully, pray thankfully so that you'll be ready and wise when an outsider is ready to interact with you. And basically mm-hmm. is that, Hey, that, that means a lost person, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I'm thinking about some opportunities I've had lately to share the gospel via social media. I get to do that from time to time. Recently, there was a, a friend that um, that believes very different than I do, uh, very mm-hmm. liberal. I posted something just kind of inviting some discussion. She engaged in, in the discussion and someone who believes differently just hammered her, right? They just came in and, and were like, I can't believe you would vote that way. I can't believe you talk to your kids that way. You know, this... Mm-hmm. 
this guy, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And so guess what? That makes it a lot harder to do. Yeah. Right. It's a lot harder now to talk about Jesus when someone who has uh, Jesus in their status and Jesus in their profile has interacted with someone they don't know and just hammered them politically. Right. And so I think that's really what Paul's doing. Be watchful, be thankful, like watch for what God's doing, be thankful for what he's done. And then when he's ready to do something through you, like he's done in you, you'll probably be more wise in that interaction and it'll be salty, which is literally compelling for that person rather than a turnoff for that person. Yeah. So I think that's it, man. Like we, we've got to be watchful for more than an opportunity to just be right. Yeah. To make our point. Right. We've got to, we've got to remember and be thankful for grace and mercy so that our posture is wise and expectant and yeah. is a good stewardship of the opportunity and influence that God gives us with people. Man, so good. I know for me this week, I've been trying to memorize some scripture this week. And this week I've been focusing on first Peter chapter one, verse 13. And it says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. And I've been thinking a lot about what does it mean to prepare my mind for action? And this this idea of being watchful, a lot of it has to do with how do I think? And we talked about Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We talked about that in previous episodes. But I mean, just what does it look like to prepare my mind for action? And I just I just kind of envision waking up and just saying, okay, today I am going to know God's word. Like if I can know what God's word says. And, I, and that's one of the reasons I've been trying to memorize it is because I feel like I'd rather say what God's word says than my ideas. But it's really challenged me a bit because I just feel like there's so much that I could say, but I would rather speak God's word. I'd rather share the thoughts and, and the reflections of what God's word has to say. That to me is being watchful and ready for those moments. Because if someone does ask me a question, I don't want to give them my opinion. I mean, I do want to give them my opinion, but I want to give them my opinion based off of what God's word has to say. I wasn't always like that, but I just feel as of lately, it has been more powerful, if that makes sense. Maybe even more compelling because it's challenging people because God's word says that it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates through dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So I would rather come from that angle but that's, those have been some of the things that I've been thinking about this week. I think you're dead on. I came across a, a resource that maybe we can link to in the show notes. Uh, David Platt has a resource uh, that he uses uh, as a tool for personal uh, discipleship ministry. It's, it's, it's an equipping and assessment and strengthening tool to do just exactly what you're saying, you know, to, to, to be watchful. To be expectant, we have to know God and know what only he can do, right? We have to know who he is and how he works, yeah. uh, what he's up to, uh, what is his will, uh, what has he promised, what has he done, you know, those kind of things. To be thankful, we have to be uh, positioned in worship. We have to really understand grace and mercy and where we started. And if we're those things, then I think it kills the pride in us that can keep us from being what Jesus calls salty. You know, back in Matthew 5, Jesus calls his disciples, I think it's Matthew 5, 13, he calls his disciples to be the salt of the earth. Yeah. And, and really what he's telling them that that what, what you're getting from me as we do life together, uh, you're going to be able to show to other people. And it's going to be compelling. It's going to um, pique their taste for what, what God can do. You know, I think there's 
that picture of saltiness is a purposeful statement that, that Paul and Jesus both used. Yeah. And so walk in wisdom toward outsiders. So there's, there's another one. So first, you know, you've got to know the Lord, know his word, know his will, know what he can do, what he has done, those kind of things that makes us watchful and thankful. And then walk in wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied correctly. Uh, and so walk in wisdom towards outsiders. So Jesus actually expects us when he calls the disciples to be the salt of the earth. And Paul calls us to walk toward outsiders. They, he expects us to be among those who don't yet know him. It's the whole in the world, yet not of it kind of mindset. So I think maybe that's even just very practical. You know, are we even in places where this can happen? You know, mm-hmm. or are we just hanging around our people, people who sound like us and do like us and believe like us all the time? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's one. Then second, let your speech be gracious. Man, what a word for right now. Um, as we, we live in such a divided time, in such a such a time where you can you can literally hit hit send on any thought you have to anyone you can find online, whether you know them or not. Yeah. This reminder to be gracious, seasoned with salt, and all that so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Like praying this way, being watchful and thankful will actually make you ready. And the wisdom of God's word, the the positioning of mission among outsiders, gracious speech, all those things, the intentionality of being salty, uh, living, living as salt of the earth, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Wow. So yeah. the things that we're watching for, the things that we're thankful for, the things that God has done in us, the things that his word is accomplishing in us, the mission that he has given us, all that informs how we interact, mm-hmm. even with people who don't know us, don't love us, don't love the things we love, don't believe what we believe or do, right? Like it's just this posture that he calls us to, that it's about the people of God taking up the mission of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think this must have been really loud to the people who were reading this letter uh, because just two sentences before he calls all that to action, mm. he says, let me make it clear because I'm already in prison for this, right? So at the same time, pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the ministry of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Mm. Paul's basically saying, hey, there's nothing worth more than this. If you're going to pray for me, don't don't pray for me to, to get out of here. Pray that God would use my time in here to share the gospel. And oh, by the way, there are people around you that I can't be around. You be ready to give them an answer mm. because the mission of God matters. Yeah. It saved us and it can save others. Mm. What a powerful, powerful call when you think of where he's writing from. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I think that one of the action steps that would be worth doing is just making a list of those whom we have been best positioned to disciple and, and just maybe commit to pray for an open door for our lives to be able to point them to Jesus or help them grow in their walk with him. And a practical way to do this would be to set an alarm to pray daily for the next 30 days that we would be able to build a relationship with those individuals that result in discipleship. You know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been doing some studying and I've been thinking a lot about the mind. I'm training for a race. We've talked a little bit about running 
and we've talked about, and I'm memorizing this verse. And recently we was thinking about Romans chapter 12, the challenge of being disciplined to do this. And I don't know if you're, are, are you familiar with James Clear? Do you know who that is? He wrote a book called Building and Breaking Habits. I've heard him speak on a podcast or two, I think, but I, don't, I haven't read the book. Yeah, I'll definitely put a video in the show notes of just a recent interview that he did. But I've, I've enjoyed some of the things that he shared. But he, he said something the other day that I thought was interesting. He said, small routines over time create powerful results. And he also said that we do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And so I think just even the practical set an alarm, if we would all just open up our phone and just, it doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be at three o'clock, right? But just this intentionality in the very beginning, when we talked about the Archippus glasses, we challenged ourselves to, to look at people through the lens of mission and ministry. And so another thing James said that I thought was really interesting, he said that habits are not a finish line to be crossed, but they're a lifestyle to live. And I think that to me, that that is so powerful when we think about discipleship, when we think about the opportunity to get involved in people's life and just really commit to doing that. And so what would it look like for us to be salt to people? Well, maybe it's just starting to pray and ask God to help me understand what it looks like to be salty. I had a, a leader one time, his name's Ike Reichard. He's a pastor in Georgia. He felt like the reason that Jesus talked about being salt and light and in that order is that you've got to be something first before you can give off something. So you got to be salt um, before you can give off light. And so I think just putting some small things in motion, thinking about some of these things that James Clear has said, thinking about how Peter has challenged us to you know, prepare our minds for action, how Paul is challenging us here to be watchful and thankful that if we could just start small, if we could just try a couple small things, and if even if it's just praying and asking God to give us wisdom into this area for 30 days or even a week, you know, and become disciplined to do this, I think that it could change the way we are able to influence people for the gospel. So I don't know, those are some thoughts. I think all that is so, so important, right? I mean, yeah. the, the tool that I referenced a minute ago is much about uh, just the hard work and the, and the disciplines of discipleship in the disciple, right? So we have yeah. to first be disciples before we can disciple others. That's right. But then um, I think what's coming to my mind right now is just this, this idea of Paul reminding us what's at stake. I had a coworker uh, before that used to talk about stewarding in influence. And uh, it's the first time I'd ever heard anyone use that phrase, but he, he said, um, for someone that I'm meeting or someone that I'm interacting with that I'm not in relationship with, I've only got a limited opportunity to influence that person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to waste my influence on things that just don't matter. He would even say, you know, one of the reasons that he posted on social media or was so intentional in conversation was because people only had a certain bandwidth for what he had to put out there. And so he didn't want to waste uh, what they were looking for from him on things that didn't matter. And, uh, and so I think that's Paul, man. He's like, look, salt is salty because you know when it's there. But yeah. you can <laughs> Like you, you've had you've had a dish that had too much pepper in it or something. It's too much. You didn't want any more of it. Yeah. But if the salt, salt is right, you want to try that. Yeah. A little bit of salt on your steak can make such a difference. And and I think that's it. When we steward our words and and steward our emotions and 
and, and steward our relationships for the glory of God, there's a reminder of what's at stake. And this there's this privilege, this opportunity to really understand the privilege uh, that God could actually use me in this relationship to do something. Yeah. Wow. What a what an amazing, amazing truth. So yeah, man, counting the cost really should drive us to be ready. Uh, yeah. I know you're 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 running weekly, even daily right now, lots of miles to get ready for that big long race you're going to run because you know what it, what it's going to cost you, what it's going to tax your body, and you better be ready, right? That's right. Uh, this is Paul saying you can only walk in wisdom if you've if you've learned the word and applied it previously. You can only uh, make the best use of time be, being gracious and, and seasoned with salt if you've been watchful and thankful and in prayer for what God may do. So good. So man, let's let's do that because what a privilege that He could use us to answer another person. Wow. Yeah. So good. Well, Chad, I always enjoy talking with you. This is always a blessing to me. I got some notes here. I'm ready to put some stuff together in my own life. So thanks for sharing today, man. I'm just super grateful that you're you're putting this together for us. Our church is benefiting from it. I actually had one of our elders last night who had said he had listened to last week's podcast three or four times this week because yes. it was really resonating in his life. And so from from the most mature leaders in our church to some some new believers, uh, this, this content, this book of Colossians is helping them. And that's kind of the point is that we can all make a disciple to the point that we ourselves have been discipled. What, what a cool, cool role we have in the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's good. Good word. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out the Archibus stretch assignment that you and your tribe can use to create forward movement around the principles shared. You can access this resource by emailing me at hello at culturebus.cc or just check out the show notes for more information. If you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up. All right, we'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.